Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, final full episode of uh, Bradley Basics Season 1. I'm uh, back here in New York City where it all started with my uh, good buddy, uh, my mentor and coach in this uh, podcast world, uh, Greg Connors. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Yeah. It's been a while, bro- brother. It has, man. You've, you've come a long way in yeah. your podcast endeavors since our first podcast. Yeah, we I know. Hold up in that little studio trying to get trying to get all the equipment right yeah what is that was on the uh what what 96th street or what yeah what was that yeah yeah it's been it's been it's been impressive to watch the the guests and the people you've had on your show and the evolution of your podcast and i'm happy to be back thanks buddy i appreciate it yeah no i definitely appreciate you doing doing all the editing too that makes a difference obviously using that nyu uh expertise (laughs) got a couple more to do but uh yeah so what's uh yeah, so I went out to Michigan. That that went well. I did like uh, like twelve interviews, kind of a whirlwind. It's uh, a lot of people, a lot of good people out there still. Uh, you know, it's good. It was a good time. Uh, uh, you know, went through Michigan there. A lot, a lot of people are interested in podcasts, or you know, were impressed with it. And so I think it's a good good way to communicate and do do some things and talk about some careers and and um, definitely a lot of opportunity out there for for young people for sure. So so what do you, what have you been up to? I have been, well, since the start of the pandemic, um, you know, my, my business, my job as an actor, mm-hmm. that, that industry pretty much shut down completely across the board. So, um, and in primarily in New York, you have live theater, which is a huge portion of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously theater is closed. Any, any space where gatherings of people of any kind were closed and, uh, the initial outlook was they would revisit it sometime in the fall to reevaluate as to whether or not to reopen. That was then pushed to January into the new year. Okay. And now they're saying, I think it's May, uh, June timeframe for when Broadway will revisit reopening theaters and spaces again. But you know, the, the other aspect of, that within New York City is even after they open things up, there's going to be a very long period of time where people still aren't comfortable going into spaces. There'll be a right. psychological effect. And, right. and it, people might not know this, but the vast majority of the theater audience uh, in most cities, but especially in New York, is over the age of 60, Okay, over the age of 50. So it's like... The, literally the target age group um, that for months and months and months, everyone has been saying this is the age group that needs to be very careful. Right, right. That's the age group who, who are the, the season ticket holders and the people who are uh, going to theater the most. And so there's, I'm sure, a lot of fear as to whether or not that, that audience is going to return. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Um, and for how long? after things open up will there be empty seats um and how long is it going to take till people feel comfortable being in a space like that with other people so um when this all started and and everything kind of shut down i had to make a decision as to okay what can i do what can i focus on and one of the things that i do is uh voiceover Okay. So I built a voiceover booth. Sweet. Uh, in my apartment, and this one over here that I put the, yeah. the foam on it. Yep. Okay. Put uh put some insulation in. 
What's that do? Just like deaden the sound or make it better? Yeah. So the two things, um, the two things, a couple things to, to think about. So if you're if you're doing doing voiceover, which for people who aren't familiar, that's everything from the voices of cartoon characters on TV mm-hmm. to the commercial spots you hear. Um, you know, you might remember Antonio Banderas was the the voice of the animated bee on Flonase commercials for a while. Oh, was he? And then oh, okay. Queen Latifah did Pizza Hut commercials for a while. Oh, so I think I, I remember that one. I've always had an ear to catch who... I always know who it is when I've listened to it, and, and voiceover has been something I've always loved and enjoyed and wanted to do professionally. And your, and your girlfriend did something with Twizzler or something? Yeah, she uh, she did a Twizzler commercial. Um, so she was the voice during the commercial, and that's been playing nationally for i think a year and a half so approaching wow. two years and um yeah the, i mean luckily that work uh has actually increased because as the industry has looked for what things can we do one of the things you can do is remotely record mm-hmm. so have people who have the equipment have the right setup have the right space to record in their apartment or their home mm-hmm. Um, and send those files in as opposed to physically going to a sound studio and doing it. So there's there's been a lot of workarounds and ways to do that, and the voiceover industry was already somewhat prepared to make this switch, whereas obviously film, TV, theater, that you know there really isn't a solution. The closest thing you get is people doing Zoom productions. Um, but back to the, the voiceover, a voiceover booth and... You know what one might have to think about when constructing something like that. So the big thing with voiceover is, as, as you mentioned, it's about sound. Mm-hmm. You want to be in a space that's quiet, and you have to think about two things: sound flowing in and s- sound flowing into the room or the space that you're going to be in from the outside, and then also the sound that's being generated within the space, which is your voice. Okay. So you know we're in my apartment right now. And there's going to be a little bit of echo. You're going to hear my voice bouncing off the walls. The mic's going to pick that up. When you're doing a professional voiceover spot, you can't have that. Okay. Your your voice needs to be completely isolated. You know, you can't have sirens going off in the background and in the middle of your spot. And so you have to do something to deaden the sound, as you said, coming from the outside of that space. Okay. And so in an apartment which we're in New York and most people live in apartments. Um, You start looking at spaces within your apartment that are uh, away from windows um, because that's where most of the sound is going to come in and also away from your front door. Okay. A lot of sound leaks in from the hallway, people coming in in and out. Delivery people. And so we've, we've looked out and, throughout the pandemic every space that we've ended up in whether it was my house back home or her home or this apartment uh we've had closets which we've used for this exact thing so what you essentially do is you you look at a closet and you imagine if you filled it up with water where would all the water leak out and anywhere where there's a leak where water would leak out that's where sound is coming in Mm. It behaves the exact same way. Wow. So one of the things you can do is you get in the closet, remove um, 
as much as you can, or you can actually leave some of the clothes in because clothes act as a great uh, sound absorber. deadening absorber. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can shut the door and see if there's any light that peers in around the door, shine a flashlight, see if any, any of the light goes through. And uh, you can essentially get these like door sealers, which people use to stop cold air from flowing in. Mm-hmm. And you can buy this stuff at any hardware store. It's super cheap, but you essentially line the framing of the doorway. So when the door shuts, there's just a tighter seal. And then you'd want to look at putting in some sort of insulation or barrier in addition to that inside the the closet. So what we did is we got some um, insulation Mm -hmm. and it's about two inches thick and we lined the entire closet with it. Wow. And then over that, we put a layer of the stuff that's called acoustic foam. It kind of looks like uh, that that, uh, foam egg egg crate stuff. Yeah. Um, And that is the 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 acoustic foam is what stops your voice inside the closet from bouncing off the walls and the mic getting echo Mm, Wow. so yeah so we yeah so i think you you think i think you told me you did like two voiceover jobs so what was that uh you you and your you and your girlfriend did something for uh uh, what is it a uh, amazon video game or something um yeah amazon has a video game series that's through their alexa um, device that device that you speak to okay um, I'm trying to think of the other uh, it's kind of like a game you can play with other people or something yeah so saying? so it's like an audio I, I would say it's it's almost like a, a audio adventure almost like going through a book and then you get to certain parts of the book and you have to decide between a decision of you know either going one direction versus the other or making a decision to do one thing versus the other and then depending on what you choose that changes the entire story line. oh wow and so and what was the name of that game again it's called starfinder starfinder yeah interesting so if you if you just google uh, amazon starfinder it'll come up or alexa starfinder and the way it works is it would uh th- there's essentially a narrator who is telling you what is happening in this story as it's going on through the Alexa app, mm-hmm. through that that device that speaks to you, so it's telling you the story, and then when it gets to a point where a decision needs to be made, it asks you, "Do you want to do this or this? Do you want to do this or this?" And then you speak to it. So you speak to the device, and you say, "Well, I want to, you know, open the door." Okay. And then depending on what you say, that changes the entire storyline. Wow. So they had to uh, essentially what they have to do is record multiple storylines at every step of the process wow. to account for all the different options. Well, you were like a character choose. or something? Is, yeah, I was a couple was your, characters in that. What was your character? Uh, the, the whole thing was in space. So it was like aliens. Oh, and, in space? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like a, um, a Navy. I, I had a very small part, like a Navy commander of some alien ship. And I was warning... You ever seen that thing show. on Netflix? A black Was it Blacklist or Blacklight? Black Mirror? Black Mirror. You remember that one that was like... Uh, uh, you know, it was like a sci-fi. It was like a spaceship one. It was the guy was sitting in his chair and he had this whole fantasy going on. It was it was a weird, weird. Uh, did you see that one? No, I haven't. It was seen like that, a, that you know, shows, well, Captain Kirk. You know, wild. like you know, like you know, like the old school one. Uh, the guy that's from Price Priceline. Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. Excuse me, uh, Priceline. Yeah, the guy for Priceline. He was yeah. like the captain guy. Beam me up, Scotty. Uh, Shatner. Shatner. Yeah. William Shatner. 
yeah so it was like a spoof of that and this guy basically was sitting in this chair and he was like and then he, he did all these people wrong and then all of a sudden they like i don't know did some mental thing <laughs> he was like in that chair for the rest of his life it was it was wild that show was wild that's, that's, it. that's it's, it's scary i mean i i i can only watch a couple of those kind of things it's it's well you start to think yeah, like geez, oh wow this God. is the future yeah the future i mean who's who's gonna sit in a chair with something on their head like that <laughs> I mean, what are you doing bro <laughs> like seriously like what you know I, I know it's i know it's a show but it's just it's kind of weird well it's interesting that you watch like science fiction movies and tv shows from years ago decades ago yeah and you see that how predictive they are of technology and things that we thought seem so crazy in those films aren't that crazy 10 20 years in the future right right Interesting. black mirror is definitely one of those shows where they're, right. they're doing a lot of stuff and touching on different topics and yeah i haven't seen i don't know is that show still around black mirrors i don't i don't know if they I haven't seen it yeah it's still on is it yeah i'm not sure what if if you know i would imagine right now they're probably not filming a new season i'm not sure if it was a if that's wrapped and they're they're done shooting. Yeah, and you did a couple audio books too, right? You did a couple audio books? I did. What audio books did you do? Uh, the one I just did was, uh, it's called a multicast. So the, the difference between a traditional audio book, which is where you'd have one narrator reading the entire story, mm-hmm. um, is that a multicast is almost like an audio play where you have, you know, each character is voiced by a different person. Oh, wow. And so if you have 15, 20 characters in this story, and in this case it was like a 600-page uh, story that um, all of those people are uh, speaking to each other, and so the challenge with that was we had a, we were right in the middle of about to head into production of that at Audible Studios. So everybody would have been in a sound room mm-hmm. in, a, in a sound stage or a, a studio, and you know I would be speaking to the person that I'm speaking to in the book right across from me. And that's what's fun about multicast is you actually get the live reaction of the person. They oh, get wow. a response to what you give them, and um, more, like channel, act, more like acting. More like acting. Yeah, so yeah. it's like acting on stage or in a film. But with the pandemic, we had to shift that to remote technology, which we ended up uh, hopping onto Amazon Chime, which is similar to Zoom. Okay. And. Uh, why, why Amazon Chime? Is there some kind I think of feature because, about it? Or? Well, I think Amazon Chime particularly allows overlap more. So if I'm speaking and you're speaking at the same time, you can actually hear both. Oh, okay. Whereas in Zoom, if I'm speaking and you're speaking, the software essentially chooses one person. So the other person just cuts out. So the, the Zoom software will, if two people are talking at the same time, you can't hear both people speak. Interesting. Um, so you can't have overlap, which is how people actually talk. There's a bit of real, you know, people don't wait till the exact end of a line before they start speaking. Right. It's not um, too robotic. Yeah. Um, the other aspect of it was it was audible. It was an audible uh, production and audible is owned by Amazon. Oh, so they are. I okay. Would, I didn't know that. It would make sense for them to be on Chime, I guess. But uh, well, so ha- what's that? What's that book? What was the book that you read? Uh, what was the name of it? It's called The Long Haul. Well, what and, was that? What uh, was that about? That was about another science fiction. Absolute blast. Love doing it. It's uh it pretty much follows two major storylines. And so you have uh this this one character, Brian Enright, who I was, and uh he discovers, along with his brother, 
Rory and right, that there's these essentially alternate universes that are running simultaneously to the one we are in. So essentially imagine this world duplicated twice Hmm. and it's happening at the exact same time, except in these other worlds, it's filled with magic and more of this science fiction, futuristic stuff where, you know, people have magical powers and the technology is far more advanced. Um, but these, there, okay, there's like a very, people like people like flying around on uh, yeah, magic fly, carpets flying and stuff. around dragons um <laughs> wizards. wizards but it, but the the whole concept is that a very small number of people this secret society um known as king's root college is the is pretty much the only group of people that knows this exists and their whole job is to govern sort of the the, the communication between both worlds and make sure that people don't discover this mm-hmm. um and this sort of ragtag group of comic book enthusiasts discover through reading this comic book series, uh, which details these other worlds, like, mm. oh my gosh, we actually cracked the code. There's this other, there's this other world that exists. And so the, the storyline follows me, who works for King's Root College, which is essentially like MI6 in, in James Bond. It's oh, like yeah. a secret society. And we're going around just, whacking people who find out about this stuff because we can't let this information get out and uh then this again this like ragtag ragtag group of uh comic book fans and enthusiasts who are trying to expose this information and sort of a back and forth chase between those two groups um that's cool probably a terrible idea of or probably a a a terrible summary i just gave you there no no i think no i think it's interesting it kind of goes into the black mirror netflix so oh yeah it's very really, much you know? it's cool yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that coming out so um, i'm not sure when that yeah be what, yeah what was it called again uh the long haul the long new, haul newfound right. land the long haul wow that's cool yeah well hey I, you know it's impressive greg i mean you're you're you know you're like i've always said being being an actor into the training that you had the, the you know your ability to speak and you know speak very well and you can do all these different things the, the technical aspect of doing a voiceover room and then you can continue to work and just you know like we've always talked about before like you know the guys that uh i play hockey with on saturdays you know guys that do the work get the work so it sounds like you're getting the work you know and just uh it's impressive trying keep, to keep keeping a positive attitude and keep moving keep working you know you have to man i mean what what i'll say about the entertainment industry is that it's the furthest fr- furthest thing from a traditional nine to five job there's almost no job security like something people don't realize is that um you know, less than 1% of the people who uh, act professionally, mm-hmm. much less than 1%, I think make over mm, six figures. So Yeah, you said that kind of in our first couple of podcasts or the yeah. second one or something. Yeah, but no. It's a very it's small a, percentage. Yeah. So you just have to find a way to piece things together yeah, and exactly. you plant seeds and you just keep putting your work out there and eventually over time that builds up. And um, well, another thing you realize is that New York being as big as it is, 8 million people, it's actually, there's a very, there's almost a small town feel to this industry. Like each level you break into a step up is smaller and smaller, uh, concentric, concentric circles of mm-hmm. groups of people. And the higher you go, the less, the, the, the smaller that group of people is. So it, it, uh, um, oh, do the expertise of the, of yeah. The group? Uh, well, not so much due to the expertise of the group, just access really. I mean, there's only a very small percentage of people who work professionally in theater, um, on and off Broadway. There's a very small percentage of people who are working in TV and film professionally. 
Um, and when you start to crack into those jobs and sort of take other, you know, further steps on that ladder, yeah, it just becomes a smaller and smaller group. And, um, over time that the sort of small town thing is that enough people start to hear your name that you build some momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, reputation, uh, yeah. you know, quality of work. It's, you know, just like anything else, you know? So, but another thing too, you did that, uh, well, it was I thought it was coined the actor stack, but it was the you, I think what did you change the name of futureofacting.org? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the that was the website futureofacting.org, mm -hmm. which was just the domain name that I reserved, and uh, that was called the and that was like a virtual conference, so that was a very yeah, impressive path so, forward summit. So what, yeah, what a, you're donating? You got some donations that seem to work out pretty well for for yeah. some some actors that are you know in a holding pattern relative to their work. Yeah, the the other aspect of what happened when the pandemic shut everything down was that um i became increasingly interested in you know who was still working and what they were doing mm -hmm. professionally whether that's writers directors actors producers you know i just had this sense that there was still stuff going on and i wanted to know what it was mm -hmm. and everybody seemed to be out of the loop um and then also wanted to expose people to different career paths and learn people's stories. So you could get an idea of like, number one, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, and two, the, the sort of career path and, and things you look back on 10, 20 years from now, you could have never predicted. And so it gives people some peace of mind to think, especially in a time like this, look, if I need to go get a job doing something else, doesn't mean I'm giving up on my career. Doesn't right. mean that I'm not going to make it happen. It just, it's a pivot. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with a pivot. And, and oftentimes in these stories from these people I interviewed in this conference, um, you'd find out that in some weird way, people would go do something that you would think would be unrelated, some job that was unrelated. Um, and somehow that would inform their future. And, and for example, he had one guy who, he was a uh, professional dancer and he through a temp organization, they said, hey, there's this job on Wall Street for some financial firm and a uh, huge company. They said, "We, you know, go interview at this place. He's like, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm a dancer. I have zero financial experience. Mm, yeah. I'm not going to go interview with this company. They said, no, just go do it. It's part-time gig. You, you know, they only need to need you for a very small amount of time. They said, okay, fine. So he shows up to this interview and the woman who interviewed him was just so interested in and fascinated in hearing about his career in dance. They just spent the whole interview talking about that. And I think before he even got home, he got a phone call and they said, we want you to work here. Really? So they just appreciated the fact that he came from such a different perspective. So what, you, what, what was his occupation? Or I, I think he was just some sort of assistant, essentially. And so, Okay, to but, somebody else? Yeah, to somebody else. And over time, he developed... You know, he, he said he was always afraid to really look at finances and mm -hmm. and not look at that stuff, which is common uh, for the artistic world. It's Why not, do you think that is? I think, uh, and we touch on it in the interview, there's a couple of reasons. One, there's a sort of a an old idea that of the struggling artist, that mm -hmm. somehow that is an admirable thing to be. Or, you know, you often hear people's stories and they spend so many years poor, not making money, mm -hmm. not getting jobs, that you think that somehow that's something that is necessary to the journey. And I think so people sort of, they're just like, oh no, that's what being an artist is. Or um, I think it almost gets 
sort of glamorized in a weird way. Hmm. Um, the other aspect of it is I think money, you often hear the word, you know, people say capitalism and money and all these things and hmm. it gets vilified. And so in our industry, when people talk about that aspect of the business, it also has a, it often has a negative connotation to it in a very strange way. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's strange. I mean, it makes sense just kind of based That's on how, because you see all these celebrities in Hollywood with these huge, huge, making tons huge of money places, yeah. you know, I mean, come no, on. No, it's, it, well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's sort of viewed as a, you know, you do art, for very pure reasons and that means that you're not doing it to make a lot of money and the people who do do it to make a lot of money there's something there's something wrong with that there's something wrong with the system that has such a um you know that has less than one percent of the people making mm -hmm. it's not i don't even think it's six figures i think it's just earning a living which mm -hmm. is as much mm -hmm. less than that um which i get that argument i mean to have that drastic of a um gap between those who can actually earn a living doing it and not is well you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see things shift i mean you know like warren buffett used to say when the tide goes out you see who's been you know swimming naked so <laughs> basically you know the tide's out and you'll see who, who who can stomach it and it's not always if you don't have you know your cash is going to run out and if you don't have the skill well, that's the it, thing. You know, I you think. take a look at a couple of different ways. You know, you could develop your skill, get diverse, continue to work like yourself, voiceovers, all this other stuff. You know, continue to work, continue to get creative. You know, the thing that you did online. I mean, basically, when I took my tour to Michigan, you know, a lot, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of like a lot of young people are interested in real estate. And, you know, there's a couple of dudes that do that on the side, like Daniel Hernandez, for example. He's got a whole system. He's got a property up in Big Rapids, Michigan, where he's going to, you know, maybe use that to help out one of his kids when, when he's getting ready to as an investment. The reason why we couldn't, like we've talked about before, is the reason why we couldn't use that that ability of you putting together that platform, and use that as as the way to to get that information out and create like you know an educational you know t portal for people, mm. and maybe do a donation thing or you know come up with a nominal fee and and make a couple bucks, you know. Yeah. Why I mean, not? We, you know, we, it's we, knowledge. You know, it's not like, like finance, right? So you know, you, so you're afraid of it. Like learn learn how to do some basic finance. It's not, you know, you need. You know, let's, you need money in, in life to, you know, pay the bills and put food on the table. And that's kind of what it's all about. You know, you shouldn't be afraid of that. So maybe the afraid is just not lack of knowledge, right? So, oh, that's, our, I mean, it's lack of knowledge and it's, a, you know, there's also a fear of if you look at it, then you have to actually grapple with your situation. And so if you're not, re, you know, if you're not financially responsible, mm -hmm. if you're not handling things properly, then, you know, oftentimes people look the other way. They don't want to, they don't want to face it, but that's the first step. So one of the things this yeah. guy talks about is he went from being this dancer artist who never looked at money to all of a sudden he starts picking up some of the financial terminology and he starts reading and he mm -hmm. starts reading blogs and subscribing to websites to learn more about all these financial terms and he gets really interested in it and then it becomes fun and then he starts an investment group with his buddies where they meet once a week mm -hmm. and they pick a few stocks that they want to invest in Yeah, and they just sort of pull their money together and just watch how that works and educated themselves about finances and um, demystified the whole thing and took all the fear out of it. And then now the guy teaches financial literacy courses to artists. So, you know, as yeah, I said, here's a guy that was a dancer, you know, got, got, got a, 
you know, became an assistant somewhere, got made a decision in his mind somehow, some way to get over the fear of the financial thing, looking at his own situation, whatever it may be, started educating, started working, and started, you know, moving forward. And look at what he's doing. Now, did he go to college for that? No, he didn't. You know, he does, have, does he have some kind of MBA from, you know, NYU? No, he doesn't. He just, you know, he learned, right? That's the whole idea. Like, there's so, you can learn all this stuff online, and I've done a little bit of research, and you can get, like, I've determined uh, that you can get, like, a legitimate four-year degree online pretty pretty reasonably, you know, at, that, uh, at some of these colleges. I, think was, I, I reached out to... Um, uh, Southern New Hampshire University, I think, you know, they're, you know, that you see it on, they're on TV. They're, I, I saw them the other day, they were, they were sponsoring something for the NHL. So that they're, you know, and, and, they, and I talked to some of these uh, young gals that were over there. They're very friendly. They sent me some information and basically, you know, you, get, you can get a, a four-year degree in engineering from there for, you know, systems management for computers, you know, and it's nominal. It's, they have these little bundles of courses. It's like an eight week cake type of deal. You know, it's less than 10 grand a year to, to do it you could be working you know doing voiceovers you know whatever um maybe that maybe down the road i might might do like some of this you know internet security stuff there i might look into getting a degree for myself on that and learn how to do that just for ha-has you know but again i gotta look at it plan it out but you know what's internet security you mean well like, uh... yeah you got all you know they've been talking about for a while like you know you've got you know, security people, firewalls, you know, people trying to steal your information, you know, right. trying to st steal your bank account, you know, identity theft, all sorts of stuff. There's a whole, there's a whole systems uh, security that people have to have, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's a big thing. You know, it's, you know, you get online, like, you know, most people bank online, pay their bills online, you know, you're online, you know, a lot of times you see now that they have to, you have to have to text you a security number and, you have to get in there and do that. You know? Multi-factor yeah. authentication. Are, are you a robot? You know, pick the bridge. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it's just all sorts of stuff, you know. It's, it's you know, as we get more and more digital, there's more more stuff floating around out there. And it's like kind of like that, that I don't know if you're, you ever see that movie Heat? Yeah, with Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino and, uh, and De Niro. De Niro and that last heist that they did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what is he? What is his? He has a great line in that movie where he's like, "You got to know the moves or something." Yeah. When you stop seeing the, yeah, this guy's slick. He's no joke. And he, you remember that? <laughs> give me, give me. <laughs> but basically, that if you look at that, you talk about futuristic stuff. You talk about you know, the guys. Well, how'd you get this job? Oh, just out in the air, and he was able to get all the prints and everything for the bank and put this thing all together and put together this plan and how to get in there and all this other stuff. You know, and they went in there took that bank out mm. you know and oh yeah that was um you know. oh, what's his name it's it's de niro pacino yeah a bunch of heavy but then there's another guy in there val kilmer val kilmer yeah, that's he who the, it is he was, he was all remember he was all banged up but he combined that kilmer. car and, and his wife was sitting out there and he just he was and then he like tooled away and he was like oh yeah they were trying to do one last yeah, job yeah remember remember when they got into a little bit of argument and how quick he went over that fence in their in their living room i don't oh man that guy's a great actor but but anyways like so that you know that's just I'm not saying that's what I would be doing, but I think that's an you know an example of it. You know, I yeah. mean, people are out to do criminal activities, right? I think that's how they make money. That's what they do. Mm. You know? So, so you're yeah. going to become a bank robber? No, I'm not. I'm just saying no, that's know, an yeah, example of like why people would need security. I don't think anybody want you know the prince of a bank to be in the wrong hands and people are tooling in there and you know robbing you know and right killing people or doing doing criminal activities i don't think that's you know I, well I mean, I mean one of the things the pandemic has exposed is the 
always increasing need of people to learn how to use these systems. So, Mm -hmm. you, you know, something like Zoom, for example, might be completely simple for one person to use or someone from, you know, a particular generation because yeah. they're just accustomed to the technology. But then you have these corporations where a lot of these people maybe aren't, you could get in a situation where people are, aren't used to this technology or, and so then it becomes a hassle is how do you get everybody on? Is your, your mic's not on. Oh no, your video's off. And it's just, Oh yeah. You know, it's mean, a mess and confusion. And so having people who understand this stuff and as you said, firewalls, security, that stuff's not going away. So uh, right, you don't want somebody that's, you know, let's take the guy that's a dancer. You know, that was a dan- you know, so someone wants to start looking at podcasts, gets you know, learns how to get on a podcast, and then someone you know gets into their phone and steals something. I mean, you don't want that. You want the person to continue to feel confident they can learn. You know, like just t- t- showing people about the podcast. You know, I. I I can't put a finger of account on how many people, but I could tell that a lot of people had, they didn't understand how to how to access a podcast on their phone. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the app right sitting right in front of them. But they just didn't know how to do it, right? Because they never, they probably never tried to. You know, yeah, it's just not to search for it on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, so yeah, so basically, yeah, iTunes people don't have iTunes, but maybe they don't even know what a podcast is, and they hear about it, but they don't know what it is. You know, I mean. Uh, you know, like, yeah, you're right. There's all sorts of stuff, but no, that just I, that's just an. Ex- I was just using that as an example of something that I've seen, where I've talked to some people where you can get certificates in that type of business and you can be gainfully employed. Like that's the whole point. Like, like it's you know the whole thing about Bradley Basics is like, okay, you don't go into debt. Like, just do be smart about it. You got a lot of access to a lot of information. You know, like this guy that was a dancer that you know you you know whatever like through a temp job through I mean, a temp job a, i mean you know and, and he learned all the stuff and he's got an investment group going and stuff like that and what's there's nothing wrong with that and he's not in debt and all this other kind of stuff and that that's you know like we talked about before you know debt you know debt doesn't discriminate man you got to deal with it and as long as you don't you know talk about your financial situation it's like you know if, it doesn't matter how much money you're making if you're not in debt you're in good shape mm. you know what i'm saying like you know you don't need you know as long as you're you know you got some food on the table and place to, stay and stuff like that i mean that's you know you can build off of that you know you don't need a bunch of this stuff you know i mean yeah i'm interested to it's see just a bunch where... of stuff i mean we i just got done doing we barbara and i just got done doing some yard sales you know like just a bunch of stuff that we're selling and we're we're using facebook they got facebook market or whatever it's called you can you know i sold some some uh, stools that mm-hmm. i had for 50 bucks i mean these are these are great stools the guy come over he's like you know so like it's just stuff Wheeling and dealing. You know, it's just stuff, right? So it's like, why do you need all this stuff? I'm not using the stools. Well, that's I mean, another. That's just a bunch of stuff. It's like, it's a, wa- it's a waste. It's another it's thing waste. during this pandemic I think people have realized is because they've spent so much time at home, you look around and you go, look at all this crap I've accumulated right, exactly. that I don't need. And I and, and for the first time, people are going, I, I want more space. I want more open, you know, I want open, clean rooms. Mm-hmm. I want to feel, I don't want the clutter. So that's been good. That's a silver lining. I mean, Yeah. That's, well, I think people are going to get honest with themselves. You know, do I really need this? Do I need all this stuff? Do I need these stools? No, I really don't. Do I do any this? Do I, no, I don't need that. You know, like you know, there's going to be a lot of good things. It's going to come on. There's going to be a lot of bad things too. There's a lot of people that aren't going to improve. You know, I mean, I did this podcast. Uh, you know, got the channel off the ground. You did your uh, virtual conference. You're doing voiceovers. You know, it depends on what you you know how you're going to be. You know, and the people that people are going to pivot and you know gain knowledge and move forward and get, there's people that just aren't going to and that and they missed missed out on a great opportunity so yeah. yeah well that's sort of a rude awakening when you 
accept the fact that the world just keeps going. Right. There's something both beautiful and terrifying about that is, you know, you look at the news, terrible things happen every day. Mm -hmm. world just keeps chugging along. Yeah. I mean, people I, have jobs that keep going to their jobs. It's like, yeah, with my job, I mean, stops. I, yeah, my full-time job, I, you know, I got, just got done with our, you know, our, uh, fiscal, you know, bonus year or whatever. And, you know, I was like, I think I was like a third in the region in sales, you know, I scrapped and clawed and, you know, but my expenses were down. I wasn't traveling a lot. I was just doing stuff. You know, I had some projects, I had some stuff, you know, kind of like the economy had some stuff, kind of momentum going and kind of just, you know, so we say ghost ride it into the, <laughs> you know, on, on the cart, you know, and just got over the stretch. It's a tough time, man. You Come know. out. I mean, last out in the positive right now. Well, the last day something. I, I mean, I, scra I was scrapped. I played to the whistle, man. Last day I, I build out like, I don't know, about 70 grand worth of stuff. Last, mm. last day of the bonus period. I played to the whistle. You know, that's what you got to do. Well, it's a tough thing. You got to play to the whistle. Another thing that you taught me is it's about the long game. Mm -hmm. You know, the stuff that comes to fruition, whether it's in my industry now as an actor or when I was working with Lincoln Electric, it doesn't matter what you're doing. The best things, the lasting things, whether that's relationships, uh, wins in a mm -hmm. job, you know, getting a sale, booking a role, those things take time mm -hmm. and they take investment over a very long period of time. And that's, mm -hmm. that takes a, a different mindset to get used to. And, you know, by the time decisions get made, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't, you, it's not it's not quick you can't make things happen no no right right before a decision's about to be made you have to already have relationships established mm -hmm. months and months and months if not years in advance and uh yeah it's a it's a different mindset it's a different way to orient the way you approach things is go like okay do a little bit each day as opposed to mm -hmm. oh i'm just gonna make giant leaps yeah like a gambler yeah you know, well, that's what it is. That's it's more of a gambling mindset mm -hmm. when you, um, you know, get that rush and oh yeah, yeah, yeah look at it. You feel good for I don't know, like one day, and then you're you're done. You know. Oh, dude, and it, the amount of people mm -hmm. when you look at things like acting, entertainment industry, one hit wonders. Well, well they the Millie the, Vanilli. The remember those you, guys, Millie Vanilli. I do the sing the singing yeah, group. One hit, yeah, they were one they were a wonders, fraud. Man. Yeah. Um people it's very easy in the beginning to get motivated because you have that excitement that yeah, rush. yeah 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 it's the new thing it's all exciting it's all new um but again whether it's a job or a relationship in life that that aspect of it the honeymoon phase that exists in jobs mm -hmm. where you start off on this career and you're like, oh you know what i'm so excited i'm gonna do this thing mm-hmm and then you get a few months in and you realize you realize oh the day to day of this is not as glamorous as the idea of achieving this thing i have in my head and that's what you have to get used to then you have to rewire yourself to go like oh why am i really doing this mm -hmm. and if you're really doing something cuz you truly want to do it and it, it's meaningful to you then it will last over yes. time yes but you'll find out real quick, like all the time. I, I notice it myself where I will find something I get interested in and I'll start doing it full bore for like a week, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I just stop doing it. And that's when I know, oh, this is just a hobby. This is just something that mm -hmm. I'm temporarily interested in. Um, it's not 
you know, not something I want to devote most of my time and my career to. Yeah. Well, like the real estate podcast I did with uh, Mike Shaheen, you know, it was a good one. You know, his his family business has been around in Jersey for uh, like 1930 or something like that. And it just goes back to your point, you know, not, you know, things don't last in life. There's no value there, you know. And then the other podcast I did with Richard Seif, you know, he was a, a senior global VP of, of marketing for 40 years at Lincoln Electric. He was a pioneer and, you know, you talked about integrity, treating people with integrity, you know. So worst case scenario, treat that person with integrity, you know what I'm saying? And here was a guy that revolutionized how, you know, people did things. You know, how you make products, you know, and it's just, he's just a down-to-earth guy, you know what I'm saying? And he retired, what, what, t- what 2011? So what is that, nine, almost ten years ago, almost a decade ago? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I hit him up, and that was that was a great one. That's probably, that was a real marquee one. And um, I, I drove all the way out from here to go to his re- retirement party that I drove out the day of. And I mean, let me tell you something, that, that was a gal. There was a lot of people there. It was it was it was amazing, and uh, but that that's the kind of that's the kind of integrity he had with people, and it's the kind of value he had with people. Life and he talks and he talks about it, you know, and and um, yeah, no, he's a real cool guy. You know, he's a Spartan, you know, Michigan Stater, but I don't know if that's I think that might be a trait, but uh, but anyways, no, he, no, it was good. I, so, but he just talks about integrity, and that's what you have to do. You have to listen to people that have been there, okay, and then and, and then you apply that, and you do what you want to do. You know, it's. Um, you know, figuring out what you want to do, like we've talked about, you know, you, you figure out what you want to do. Like you take two weeks to, you know, figure out if you want to do it or not, then that's good. You, mm-hmm. know? you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I think you're doing great, Greg. I mean, you know, do you like, are you liking what you're doing? I, I know, I, I know. What I do. What's that? I love what I do. Great. Love then it. You'll be good. I mean, it. that's how, that's how I've, I've been doing this now, let's see, I started acting in 2012, mm-hmm. so it's eight years, um, and for the first uh, five years of that time, I was working a full-time job um, at the same time that I was taking classes and doing auditions and going to workshops, and um, yeah, now for the most part, I'm full-time acting or doing voiceover and Mm -hmm. the closer I can get to being 100% sustainable from that, the the happier I am. And I love everything about it. I love the business side of it. I love the hustle. I love obviously the craft. That's Mm -hmm. the most important thing to me, just advancing in the skill of it, learning, you know, different aspects of it and, uh, from different teachers and spent, I mean, the last eight years has been just a giant conglomeration of learning different methods and from different teachers and advancing in some uh, for long periods of time and sticking with it. But mm-hmm. I really do. I love what I do. And I just know when I wake up every day, I'm like, oh, this is what I am. I'm an actor. Yeah. And there's other things I do. And and uh, I was recently talking to somebody who uh, he, he's worked with companies like Google to mm-hmm. On, on the asp- um, brand management. So he talks about what does it mean? What is a brand? Um, and, you know, people have connotations to, oh, it's social media. It's posting pictures of my ass and throwing them up on the internet. That's, yeah, okay. that's my yeah. brand. Yeah, sure. But he's like, no, what, you know, your brand is not that you're, as he joked about, like, I'm the guy with the red beard. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's all bullshit. Like, the, the, your, your brand is actually just 
what are the two or three things that you do or buckets in your life and which one of those for example uh is the one you would define yourself uh, as most if there is one and then do the others feed into that so for Mm -hmm. me we went through this whole process of looking at all the things that I enjoy doing and can make money doing. Mm-hmm. So whether that was working in the welding industry or, um, you know, physical art like painting, drawing, building things. Yeah, I so let's go. Paintings you did, man. Those are sweet. Thanks, man. And then the 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 third bucket. Well, I'm building a podcast room, so maybe I'll buy. I'm, I'm building a podcast room at the house, so you know. Maybe I'll buy those pictures off you and put it in there. Throw them, in the, throw them. Yeah, on I got to, I got to, you know. It's Bob t- Ross did a couple Bob Ross tutorials. Yeah, Bob Ross. When I was a kid, tried doing them. Painting looked like shit. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit older, took his advice, came back to it. It works. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, Bob Ross. It works, yeah. man. Bob Ross, he's great. Yeah. You gonna, are you gonna grow the tree. hair out like him? Big afro. Get that fro going. I don't know. We'll just put a tree here, and <laughs> maybe there's a squirrel in your tree. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's. Where, where's that guy from? I don't know. Where, I think maybe Washington. Um, Washington State. Yeah. Oh. He. It, it, it's either that or Oregon. He, he talks about being in nature all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's great. But anyways, yeah. You 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 figure out what your buckets are. So uh-huh. for you, it might be hockey. Um, you know, it might be speaker or podcast host. Mm-hmm. Um, athlete. You think I could be a podcast host? You are a podcast. I'm host, a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. A podcast. Host, you are so. a host. Do you not host a podcast? Yeah, I do. I guess. Yeah. 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 I guess. I'm right. A so, host. what would you say? The three. What would you say are the two or three things that you do in life? You work for Lincoln Electric, right? So you're a yeah. salesman. Yeah. You have a podcast. You have this Bradley Basics, this business you're building. This. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Podcast you're also hosting. Um, another aspect might be you love playing hockey. You get really interested in that. Oh you, yeah, you've yeah. Been an athlete. Yeah your whole life um and then maybe another aspect is the stuff you build you're always doing home improvement you've owned apartments you've owned a condo yeah you i just do all just the work the, yeah we just did the kitchen i got i got to text you the uh i just did a bunch of uh tile work in the kitchen at home so show me pretty, some pics yeah i'll show you some pics i'll have to get those to yeah i did all that i i uh that looks pretty good barbara's impressed so you know, but she saw what I could do at the condo. She's like, well, "Wait a second, what's going on here at the house?" I said, "Yeah, all right, you know, what, what do you want to do?" So we did it, and uh, so yeah, no, it's good, you know. Um, so you did the the tiles on the floor, or was it? On no, the no, wall? we redid the kitchen. Like the kitchen is, um, we got like a granite countertop, you know, and get, you get a new sink, and then we, you know, uh, we didn't take the cabinets out. We got them professionally painted, and then we got uh, the finished carpenter that did a bunch of work. Uh, who trimmed out all the closets in the condo to make them more, you know, cause you know, I knew, I knew like a, a woman was going to potentially, there's a lot of women that like live in that, that apartment complex. So I, I wanted to make it the, you know, the closets nice cause to make them visualize them putting their sweaters and stuff in there. Like, you know, so anyway, so he made some cabinet doors and he's going to install them. And, and so it's just gonna like, you know, you know, tear up cabinets and you know, you got to put new cabinets in and it's not, you know, a lot of times these old cabinets are are really good shape. You just gotta you just gotta paint them. You know, they're professionally paint them. You know, like mm. prime them and stuff. And 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 then then there's the grant. And then then there's the backsplash that goes around the whole. You know, the whole uh, kitchen, and I did all that. And then you know, it's, there's a little bit of a technique to that. You got to take a look at a geometry. You got to find the center center of it, and you kind of build off of that so that it all ends up like 
you you know you don't want to have like you know a fat cut on one end and a thinny skinny cut on the other end and so there's just ways to manage that so i did it all i mean it's you know <clears throat> you know it's you know you got you put this hardy board on it's like a cement board you put it in there and then you put your tiles on there and then you now, get, how'd you learn how to do that is that from seeing someone else do it before or just over time watching videos and well it just goes back to me you know doing maintenance at michigan state like i just did all sorts of jobs for this landlord i did whatever just for money kind of like the dancer you know i just you know you i'd figure it out you know like i just took the shot you know i just figured it out you know and then i you know i bought a legit saw like i bought like a a core cut like eight inch or seven and three quarter you know like a wet like a wet tile saw like a legit saw and then, uh, you know, you know, then I did that kind of like when I, uh, in my past life, when I was, did some work at a house I used to live at and, and, you know, so you just evolve just kind of like you're the dancer guy with the, with the finance. You just, you know, you just evolve, you get better, you know, and a lot of times these tiles too are all kind of subway looking. They come in these, like these sheets, so you can kind of play with the sheet, get the sheet, right. It's a little, you know, it's netted on the back. So it's not that big of a deal. You know, the thin sets like pre-mix back in the day, you had to mix it yourself. You know, you buy the stuff in a bag, you mix when it When you all. say netted on the back, you mean that there's some sort of a, a essentially like a screen, like a yeah, net Yeah, like on a the screen, back, right. that allows you to put the glue in. And yeah, so there's it. a thin set. It's pretty much like they call it thin set. It's like a, it's like cement, a very thin, uh, you know, high viscosity thin set. And you put it on there, but a lot of people, like, oh, you put it all over the wall. Like, that's, that's what you don't want to do because basically when you put that tile on the wall, it just bubbles up through the cracks and you're sitting there, you're cleaning all the thin set out of the cracks and it gets on the tile it's a big cleanup job so what i do is you just put the thin set on the back of the tile and you do it one at a time one at a time you do it that way and it's more manageable and then barbara was in the back you know as, as an assistant she's pretty smart and then uh, she was doing some stuff and yeah so it works out but you know you save yourself a ton of money you know what i'm saying i mean it's it's and then you can pick what you want and then what's nice about knowing how to do something from a skill standpoint is that you can put that money that you would have spent hiring somebody and then you can put that into the materials and you can upgrade your materials. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Learn to do it yourself. You can, exactly. Instead of spending all that money on labor, which is the most expensive right. part of the process. And it goes back to how you can learn stuff. You, you know, go on to YouTube. You can go on to all these different things and just learn how to do this stuff. You know, these, you know, there's just, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's where I think people can really pivot. I think people in society, young people, for, for example, can really learn how to do stuff you know, get, get, get gainfully employed somewhere and do it very economically and really pivot themselves into, uh, you know, and some wealth for themselves, you know? Well, I, I just it, don't think that, I think there's better ways to do stuff. You know, it's just evolution. Like you said about in the beginning, you know, like the, these Star Trek, uh, TV shows and all of a sudden this stuff's kind of happening. Right. So why don't you do that with education? Like it's all right there. Mm -hmm. I, Elon Musk was saying it as well too. You don't have to go to school. It's like saying some stuff. Yeah, you really don't. You know, I mean, you just like you know. I would love to see that. I'd love to see a huge shift away from mm -hmm. the four year, mm -hmm. the four year institutions, and I would, you know. Well, it just go, doesn't pay anymore. It just doesn't no. pay. I mean, just too expensive. Well, Straight I would. Up. I, would I, I think the only way that 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 is going to evolve, and that colleges and institutions are going to change, is that people stop going stop giving your money to exactly these institutions that's how that will have be. the biggest effect right that's like your vote mm -hmm. your vote and your, your the biggest vote you can cast in life is how much where you spend your money and mm -hmm. so i would love to see people stop going to these four-year institutions even if it's just delaying it even if you're going yeah. you know what i'm not going to go right away something that my mom was telling me was when she was growing up it was really common for people to take a year off of high school yeah and then go to college and so you you know you get out you go work a job 
make some money, save up, go to school, and you have a little bit of money in your pocket as opposed to this system where we, we just, I mean, it's, all, it's, it's really criminal that we allow and we have created a system in which people move from high school to college. Mm-hmm. You're not required to work a job. And you can just incur hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt over the course of four years. And that's how you're going to start your career. I mean, I want to, I want to see this stuff. This has got to change. Oh yeah. This has to change. It's criminal. It's criminal. It is criminal. You you have to, you know, but it starts with what your mother was saying. It just starts with you. You know, it starts with the person, you know, having the confidence to do it. Like, you know, we talked about in some of our podcasts, you know, the courage for you to leave a, you know, you had it made in the shade type of a job to do doing what you love. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, and then there's no way that you'd be doing all these things if you didn't like what you did, you know what I'm saying? If you didn't have a passion for it and you're not, you would never do all these, you wouldn't continue to work. You would just like fall, fall to the dark side. Oh, well, you know, woe is me. And, but that's not the case because you, you really truly love, love what you do. And that's, there's a lot, of, you know, but if you had a bunch of, you know, I know you have some school loans that you're working on, but if you had like, you know, a lot of like, you were like a young kid and you didn't understand like your, your you, don't understand you, finances, you don't understand finances you don't understand finances you don't understand what out. this means and all of a sudden things are due and then you're in the middle you of know. a pandemic job mar- job market already wasn't maybe good for what major you went to school for right you get out there's no opportunity you go what am i supposed to do mm-hmm. where do i turn yeah financial literacy man. well it, there's always going to be something that happens you know it's uh, you know that you know i'm going to be you know f- going to be 50 next year so i've seen a lot of i've seen the 2008 thing i've seen this i've seen you know and you've always got to stay lean you know, you can't be uh overextending yourself you know you got to stay lean so everybody right now who's leaning up in the acting world they're going to be lean they're going to learn how to do that kind of thing and when things pivot you know you're gonna you're gonna be in a good position like it's not and it's people still want to have entertainment i mean they're gonna they're gonna there's gonna be a run on the bank people want to you know, be cooped up they want to and maybe there's these different methods you know and these audio books and people uh listen to that i mean that's 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 a great thing to do mm-hmm. you know and it, i mean it takes someone that prof- is a professional actor to to do that type of thing you know professionally trained how you know your voiceovers that's that's not you know some you know it's just some guy off the street can do that i mean it, it takes there's a talent to that you know and that's that's you know so no it's it's all good man it's you know things are uh you know, things are, things are changing, but you just gotta, you know, you just can't get yourself into these, you know, some kind of situation that you can avoid, mm. you know, you know, the social pressures, right? We're there walk, you know, like all the social pressures that go on with people. That's just something you've got to really manage You're on your own. That It's your life. You can't, if you fall into it, you fall into it. It's, oh, it's yeah. kind of like, where, with, are you go, where are you going to school when you're in high school? Where are you going to school? Where yeah. are you going to school? That's, yeah. that, that was such a thing when I was yeah, like in we high school. About, that has, yeah. That's probably only intensified. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really what you, you analyze some things I talk about, you know, you know, it's really, you know, it's like some of the, you know, some of the stuff I've information I've, you know, looked at is, you know, a lot of times the parents are forcing the kid to do something that he doesn't want to do. And, you know, and it's kind of like that kind of sucks. Well, it's your parents, right? You don't want to like, you know, it's kind of sucks though, you know, but maybe take that year off and maybe that's the way out. And try to have a conversation with their parents, but that's got to be tough too. So mm. I don't know. I mean, you can't, you know, if there's no job to, to after the college is like, and you got all this debt, like you're in trouble. Like that's, that's all there is to it. You know, you, you know, you gotta, I don't know. It's, 
it you know it's a crazy time but it starts like with like with what i'm doing like like i said i want a podcast like i think with sheena suvac like you know if i'm going to work with you like from a coaching or mentoring standpoint you're going to have to make the decision you know i'm not going to like coast you into it i don't you know i'm just doing this like i'm available like but you're going to have to make the decision on what you want to work on and then once you do then then we'll start doing something but until that point you know it's, that's that's okay you know there's a guy that I work with on my hockey team. I just talked to him briefly. You know, he was uh, something happened in college, and it was he didn't finish or something like that. And was kind of holding him back, and we had a couple conversations. He ended up finishing up his uh, his four year degree. He had to take three, four classes, whatever it was, and he was really thankful for that. You know, and then and then he's uh, that's going to maybe propel him into another business that he's got going through his family, and it was just kind of something that was holding him back, and he and he kind of overcame it. But it was him making the decision, and you know, and you know, now he's moving forward, and we're going to probably work on something else. I don't know what that's going to be, but you know, I think he's got all the opportunity in the world because he has like this um, opportunity, and that's what I've made him aware of. Like, you have this opportunity, you have a valued thing in your life, and you're just not taking advantage of it. You know, and what's what's the problem? It's maybe it's this college thing. You know, like why you just do it? He went online and he got it done, and he got this, got his diploma or whatever it was, and. Does he really need it in the reality? No, but it was it was a mental block. It was something that's holding him back. So, yeah. So if you have things that are holding you back, you gotta you gotta look yourself in the mirror, man, and like, you know, overcome it and just work. It's not, it's doable. Yeah. There's a there's a book. It's doable. Uh, called The Artist's Way, mm-hmm. and I'd recommend anybody to read this. Um, it doesn't matter what you do. The book's applicable. It's uh, the guy who wrote it. Uh, wrote the movie. Uh, I think it's called The Legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Mm-hmm. Will Smith, Shia LaBeouf. Um, oh, where he was like, uh, well, he was old and he got young or he got young? No, no, no. That is uh, Benjamin Button. Oh, I'm sorry. Whole different. That's <laughs> Brad Pitt. He turns into like a weird old baby at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, the whole, the whole book is about, you know, one of the words he uses is resistance. You know, your resistance to doing something. And, he sort of personifies resistance as almost like a thing, like a being. So you're always battling against this other aspect of your personality, which mm-hmm. is your resistance mm-hmm. to not doing something. That's that's when procrastination starts in, the voice that tells you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go eat something instead of working out or, right. uh, eh, you know, maybe one more cookie doesn't hurt or eh, I can get that tomorrow or... Uh, but one of the things he addressed the psychology is, of that uh, interrupted, but the psychology ahead. of that is the person knows they shouldn't be doing it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they do it and then they get that, uh, whatever. And then they've got to, then they've got to combat that. They got to combat that, you know, mini failure, shall we say, you know, right. Well, better term. I mean, you brought up this, this gentleman who is that close to finishing his college degree. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, you might go, why don't you just finish it? But it's, it's that, it's that, the resistance to doing it is getting stronger and stronger the longer he chooses not to do it. Mm-hmm. The more the reasons that doubt, the 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 going, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. you know. And then you just don't do it. And so you often find that this rings true, and I found it in my own life, is that the closer I get to finishing something, the harder it is for me to finish it. Mm-hmm. It's, not the, it's, it's not so much the beginning and middle stretch that is the most difficult for me. It's right before it's about to be done. You know, it's, 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 you know, that five minutes before I walk into an audition, that's when the self-sabotage starts. It's the, 
oh, I, you know, I'm working on this project and I only have just a little bit left. And that's when you're like, I'll take a break. It always seems to happen. You know, oh, oh, I only have one more class in college. Oh, I'll get to it. Or ah, it's not that important. All the voices in your head start telling you, like, yeah, don't worry about that. Don't do well, it. What do you? I mean, I want you. Let's let's break that down. What, what what does that mean? I mean, but what are you? What are you just afraid of the actual accomplishment, or maybe it's not it's not what you thought it was going to be if you accomplish it? It's it's what well, you know. Why would well, it's something you know, you know some Larry Moss. I'm just saying the, in general. I'm not saying general. you. I'm not saying yeah. you. I'm just saying in general because, I mean, it, well, we could all we all have those moments. You well, know what I think what it is is, and I think. Larry Moss, a teacher I've an acting teacher I've worked with, wonderful teacher, but even better person. And mm -hmm. one of the things that he says is, I would always hear about this, and I would go, "Well, why?" I, in my head, I'm thinking, "Well, why is that?" And um, you know, I'd hear, "Oh, it's self sabotage. Everybody self sabotages the closer they get to something." And I thought, "Okay, I mean, I I guess conceptually that kind of makes sense, but why? Why? Yeah, why? yeah, exactly." And he said, "You know, I, I've heard people say." Uh, th there was that movie Coach Carter where the the whole speech the guy has is like your greatest fear is that you will succeed you're great you know and so I hear people say that you know people are afraid to succeed they're afraid of success and it wasn't until he said this sentence that I went oh that's what it is what people really are afraid of what I'm afraid of what we're all afraid of mm -hmm. is that well I shouldn't speak for everybody but yeah right no and right? we're generally we're gen I think, generalities I think from the experience he had that that what people what 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 he said what Larry said is that what scares people the most is that you try really hard on something you give it your all and it doesn't happen because mm -hmm. then what would that mean oh it means failure it means failure and you'd have to look in the mirror and go oh my god I actually gave it my all and it didn't happen I know how hard did I work for months and months and months and I didn't get the job or I didn't get the degree or I didn't get the grade. And the shame of that defeat is so much that instead of going through that experience, people stop at one step for earlier and they sort of concede defeat by going, well, you know, I really didn't, I really didn't give it my all. Yeah. But if I gave they it make my an all, excuse. Make I, an excuse. if I gave it my all, if I really tried as hard as I possibly could, if I really went, 110% on this thing and really put it all out there, then, you know, I, I, I'd have a shot at getting it, but you know, I didn't though. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. But you talk, you know, you talk, you know, you hear all that stuff like, um, you know, the four minute mile, right. You know, breaking the four minute mile, like you just needed one person to do there, it. Yeah. There were, sudden, you know, I think there was some dude, slew of yeah, there was some it. dude in 1960 that, that broke the four minute mile. After that, there's like thousands of high school kids bring your ranking the four minute mile. I mean, so Mental. you could be that person. You know what I'm saying? That that's and so so you fail. So it doesn't work out. Whatever. Like there's a lot of things that didn't work out for me. Like, you know, I played junior A hockey in Detroit trying to get money to go to school because I didn't have any, you know, I knew that's what I had to do. Broke my hand, it didn't work out. You know, punt, you know, with the community college, you know, I looked at I was looking at my life in like chunks of twenty years. Like that was like till I was like twenty. And that stopped. And then I regrouped and it took me, you know, then I, the other 20 years. So I've been working for the company here for what, 23 years. So now I'm in this another 20 years of, of my life that I'm starting in a sense. And I'm doing this, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I'm always trying and there's always failures along the way and things that you do. And, but you, you know, 
you know, like you know, old cliche of, you know, Wayne Gretzky, you know, you, you, you miss hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, you know, you just got to take the shot and you got to, you can't be afraid of failure because it's really not failure. It's just really an opportunity to grow. Yeah. yeah. That's really what it is. It's not really failure and you can't look at it that way. You know, it's like, but you're right. That's, that's the resistance that the personal resistance and it's just you against yourself. Hence, if you're, we're going to work together, like, you know, Bradley basics wise, you know, you've got to make that decision. You know, I'm not going to make the decision for you. I'll make a suggestion what you should do and, you know, but if you don't take it, I'm not, I'm not going to push it. You know, it's, it, you know, you've got to make that decision. So, yeah. So yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a tough thing for all of us, you know? Yeah. yeah. The other, the other side of it, um, one of the, this woman I interviewed for the, the conference, she's a writer, established professional writer here in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Celine Song. And she said this really great thing, which is, you know, the other side is the, beating yourself up because you think you're always not doing enough. Hmm. So there's sort of a, there's a balance. There's a fine line. There's a fine line of just understanding like, okay, I am working my ass off. I am giving it my all. And just because something doesn't work out, as you said, it doesn't, you know, it's not really a failure of you. It's just an opportunity that didn't work out for you. And there's going to be a lot of those. Yeah, it, it's not a personal indictment of you and how much effort you're putting forth all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean that. And so you you do have to be careful about it's very easy to write a narrative in your head if you're someone who who prides yourself on working really hard and giving it your all that if it doesn't work out after all that, you don't then write a story of, oh, well, then there must be something wrong with me. It's like, no, that's just look, this, the, the, the crazy reality in my business is that if a hundred people are auditioning for something or a thousand people are auditioning for something, one person's going to get it. Right. So does that mean that 999 people are failures? No. No. Does it mean that 999 people or 99 people are, there's something wrong with them? No, there are a bajillion reasons why somebody books a given role. And most of the time you're not privy to what that is. And the hardest thing to do in my business is to somehow have perspective throughout this entire journey to somehow keep that perspective of like, okay, it's not necessarily about me as long as I did, as long as I'm preparing the right way and putting forth the right effort and really taking the time. That's all I can do. You know, no matter how many times people say that to me, sometimes it doesn't really get any easier to feel like, Hey, I did all I can do. I do like that. It's easier said than done to really convince yourself of that. Well, no, that's, you know, if you don't push the envelope and you don't go through this process, you're never going to be your ultimate self. And it's just all there is to it. You know, it just doesn't, that's not how it works, you know, because what will happen is if you don't continue to work and you don't have the courage to, to make that step and try and see what the result really is going to be. And then look, digest it honestly, you know, you know, and then, and then come up with a better solution and pivot and continue to grow. It's just, it's just an opportunity to grow. So no one should be afraid to do anything really. You know, no one's got a gun to anybody's head. You know, it's, we live in America. Yeah. No one's forcing you you to do it. You have these places where people don't have opportunities to do anything. You know, people that got to walk, you know, you know, 50 miles to get water. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, these are all just things that you can just come up, you know what I mean? Like, you just got to have some gratitude with yourself as well, too, you know? Like, if, mm. if it's, uh, you know. Yeah, be grateful that you have the opportunity to yes. even pursue this stuff. 
so yeah oh the god there's so much opportunity yeah there's gonna be more opportunity and and what's the opportunity how do you get the opportunities by learning by having the courage to do it and 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 being fearless you know and not be afraid to fail because it's not you're not really failing you're just pushing the envelope and trying to get better you know mm -hmm. it's like um there's an actress um and dowd See what you see. What you see with people is Millie Vanilli making a joke. Millie Vanilli's one-hit wonders. You see these guys that, you know, in the starlight, whatever you want, and then all of a sudden they just fade away. They don't have any value. How do you how do you generate value? Gen value is generated over time. Okay, it's over time and generating real value. You know, steps, steps to steps. You know, like you know, like I, I did that. I did. Well, I already recorded the podcast with uh, you know Tim Clifton. That'll be the first one for season two. And you know, you're, it's an editing, and but I, I'm not going gonna to post that after I do this, finish up season one. But you know, the, the kid is so humble, and he was a professional athlete, and he's like he could be legitimately a vice president, VP of engineering somewhere, whatever. But he's so humble, and he was he was a prof he's a professional hockey player. Okay, played for it's San Jose Sharks organization. You know, he's. Uh, National championship game for North Dakota. It was uh, academic All-American. You know, he's a 3-5 grade point average. The guy's a, he's the coolest kid, 28 years old. He works. So humble. That kid's a sick hockey player. You have no idea how good that guy is. To get to that level, I played with guys at the NHL for like 17 years. Like, he's, like, that guy's sick. And his brother's even better. They're all from Jersey. And they're just, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's impressive. And his brother's an engineer too. And his brother's, brother's a tough guy. Like, he's a, we talk about, I was skating with him. And, you know, it's just, I can skate with those guys. I mean, they're, they're, they've are they got it geared down, but they're not going full bore, but I can play with them. But it's, it's, it's you know, but I played a really high level and I continue to do that. And, you know, it's, it's what I do. You know, it's what I do. Like you said about hockey, you know, I could teach a kid how to skate. And skate right, you know. There's like, I, you know, I did a little coaching last year. I didn't do it this year because, you know, because of the pandemic, a lot of kids didn't sign up, and it kind of stunk. But, but, oh, but I can teach kids how to skate and skate properly. You know, like the value, right? If you want to be a guy like Tim Clifton or his brother, you have to learn how to skate. Okay, if you if you want to be an actor, you've got to you want to be professional in anything. You've got to learn how to do it, and you got to do the work. You know, during this pandemic, the, the rink has opened up like a shinny, like uh, during the week, you know, and I'll I'll uh, I'll go there and I've been on the ice by myself, just practicing by myself, striding out, skating, doing drills, working on my shot. You know, no one's there. I'm working. I play men's league. I mean, am I, you know, I'm still, you know, you know, so it's just it's just you got to continue to work, you know, you know keep going yeah you got to continue to go you know and um but it's a level of professionalism i think maybe that's kind of what we're trending to here you got you know when you're a, a real professional and like like uh these guys from sony that i knew you know guys that do the work get the work right so it's the same old thing you know it's just different levels right you know yeah yeah i mean one of the other aspects if you're sitting that, around but... talking about how good you are you're probably not that good right all right you know? Yeah, you ab absolutely. Have I don't to think I talk about, you know, like, I don't think I'm bragging about stuff. I just do stuff, you know, like I'm just, you know, maybe guiding someone how to do something, you know, like, well, the other get over something, you, you know, you, you see how much 
literally where you are in life, who you are, where you were born, all that stuff is such a roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. You have no control over that. Right. That wasn't you. You didn't do that. Right. And so if you, you know, oftentimes when I'm getting really frustrated about things not working out, uh, maybe the way that I want, or I'm just going through a particular rough patch, sometimes it's helpful to remind myself like, uh, you know, even within all that, as you said, be grateful, have gratitude and understand that, look, man, through, through the roll of a dice, I could be somewhere else in a much worse situation or not be here at all. Oh, it's more than just a roll of the dice. If you think about you just being here, like on this planet, like if you, if you, you know, analyze civilization, you're lucky that you're here. You're here. Yeah. It's crazy. You need to talk about this, the sci-fi stuff you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you're lucky you're here. I'm lucky I'm here. We're all lucky that we're even here. Seriously. Like, you know, it's society has been around a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we all got to like, you know, slow our roll and keep some perspective. Yeah. Be grateful for what the hell we're doing here. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, you know, that we sit here and do a podcast. I mean, what the hell? (laughs) We're not not walking 50 miles to get get a glass of water yeah looking over our shoulder right exactly so yeah no it's yeah but no but you know hey these are all emotions you got to deal with and you're you're trying to get the next level in your life and uh working hard and like we talk about our walk just long as just as long as the system is fair Mm -hmm. that's what i worry about right now is like things have to be fair okay we can't get away from that we can't people can't be ripping people off and can't be doing things fair there you know if you take a you know I, in our first podcast we talked about you know the not to get political talk about the constitution and and you know it, it was it was based on god you know like everybody has rights god-given rights that's what it's based on and that document was actually designed by analyzing a lot of ancient ancient civilizations so it's a very good document and we need to get back to that you know and not stray away from it you know it's it's pretty solid you know and and work within the framework and you know and and that'll force everybody to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, do the right thing. Work in the framework. You know, get the opportunity to get work in the framework, to get to the position within that framework, and then continue to do positive work if you want to make a change and, and, and try to do it the right way. Don't try to, you know, circle around it. Don't try to be unfair. And, well, I think a lot know. of that comes from uh, something I've encountered is the, it's, it's very easy to fall into a scarcity mindset. You saw it with this pandemic, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, look at what happened with toilet paper. All of a sudden, there's a run on toilet paper. How absurd is that? Right. And that's because what? That's because fear gets promoted that we're going to run out of XYZ thing. I got to go hoard as much of this stuff as possible for myself. And and I'm not saying this is like, oh, I didn't do that or I I didn't go to the store and buy food and I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying it's it's a real, we got to take a good hard look at ourselves after the way people behaved yeah. in this time and i think it comes from that what i what i've heard coined as scarcity mindset which is when you view the world as um through the prism of their you know it's it's you always competing with somebody else for a very limited amount of resources mm-hmm. then that's always going to make you know that that's going to lend you to do things mm-hmm. that aren't fair that aren't just yeah. that aren't yeah, that's looking not out for your fellow mm-hmm. person, right? Right, right. So 
if you can get away from that mindset and go, actually, wait, hold on a second. Let's make sure there's a little bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure everybody has a shot. I don't need, I don't need to hoard the toilet paper. Right. And then you hear about people trying to return the toilet paper. It's like, you just wasted that. If you everybody, know, somebody needed that toilet paper and you just <laughs> took it from them, you didn't even need it. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> well, why did you do that? Well, what I was so how about eat? How about not eat so much? You would have to go to the bathroom so much. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. Stop eating so much damn food. Yeah, exactly. Go to the bathroom all the time. Exactly. You won't need so much toilet paper. How about use a few extra sheets? You know, you're in there just running out the roll. Yeah, but it's not the. Uh, it's not fifteen twenty sheets. Yeah, learn how to use two. Right. Exactly. Do a little fold job. Right. Whatever. Okay. Learn a new. Don't go, on, do, go, go on YouTube and figure it out. Don't do a one and done. Okay. <laughs> <And> one and done. <laughs> Be a little more economical with it. A little more efficient. Exactly. There's more square footage so on that. I wouldn't piece. call that scarcity. I'd call that a, a, an abundance issue. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, if you were truly scarce about it, you would actually have that behavior. Yeah. Like hence, you know. Oh yeah, no. Fifty miles for water. Like you're not. If you have to walk fifty miles, I'm just. I don't. You know. You're for a cup of water. You're not going to drop. You're not going to lose a (laughs) drop of that water, right? Why? Because you you busted your ass to get that cup of water, right? And your life depends on it. Well, it's like you're also now touching on, um, you know, this modern age of being able to buy anything you want instantly on Amazon, and everything is, you know. Again, Stuff the rug cheaper, cheaper. It's yeah. it's like oh well, I'll just buy something new. I'll just throw that out. I mean, one of the things that my girlfriend kept giving me a hard time about is I didn't have a desk in this apartment. She mm-hmm. had a desk. I didn't have a desk. She's like, you need to get a desk. Yeah. So you could sit and do your work at a desk. You're not sitting on the couch when you're doing this stuff. Right. And I really put that off because I kept you know my entire life. Every time I've needed something like that, I've bought that furniture from a store or I've bought it online, like IKEA or something. I put it together, and I just thought, I don't want to spend two hundred dollars, yeah, on some piece of crap furniture Flywood thing. Yeah, that when I probably have to move apartments a year or two years from now, I'm gonna have to toss the thing anyways, or it might not fit in the space that I'm going to, or be right for it, whatever. And so, um, I just went to Home Depot and bought some wood. Uh-huh. And just Is that the desk right there? Yeah. That's sweet, right. dude. That's good construction. Made her one and yeah, that's like, sweet. It's not the most amazing thing in the world, but it's like what what else do you need? Just a flat piece of wood. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's nice wood. That's nice finished wood, man. That's no joke. It's a sheet of pine. Make one cut. Yeah. It's nice, few screws looks great dude. put a little polyurethane on there you spend 70 bucks on a desk making it yourself well you got two desks for 70 bucks that's a that's a way to go not bad it's a way but to go that man. also takes some self-control to not buy stuff because it's just it's so easy for me to it's so easy to just click and buy stuff from amazon well what, well, what yeah what you're doing is the cornerstones of building wealth for yourself all right, you're taking taking and you're evaluating a situation and saying, okay, what's the most economical? What's the most functional for what I need to do here? And then you make you make a financial decision, and that's a good decision. Yeah. All right, that's how you build wealth. You know, it's not oh, I'll just go to I'll just do the easy thing, go to Amazon and have them, like deliver it to my door. That's lazy. That doesn't work. That, well, that builds thinking... up over time, and it, it's 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 ineffective. You know what I'm saying? And what you're gonna throw it out anyways? Why would you throw it out? You're just throwing around. Throw it, you know. 
two hundred dollars worth of stuff that you, you know just you spent money for that. Why would you throw it out? Like you know you need to you need to look at things that so that's value. Like you have something that you could dis- disassemble and maybe create another desk somewhere else or modify it or whatever, and that that has more value. That money now can be used in the future. Yeah, I, had this- I know it's only seventy dollars, but it's a concept of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It could be a penny. You know, because that applies to other stuff. That, yeah, it's, it's the discipline. It's the behavior of it. Yeah. Well, I also had this thought. Like I that, said before, like I'm going to be 50 years old. I try to stay in shape so I don't wake up one day and go, man, I just put on 15 pounds because I was out boozing like a like a jackass, and now I got to go buy new pants for myself. But I got to go, th- go see this customer. Yeah, economic. But I don't have any pants to wear because <laughs> I was out getting boozed up, getting gooned up like an asshole. Like, you know, uh, and eating burgers and, and stupid shit because it was easy. I could go to DoorDash or whatever it's called. Or, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever it is. You know, I, you know. But what? that's just me. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to make that play on anybody else, but it's it's kind of like that's the, that's a cornerstone of building wealth. It's just that behavior. Well, I remember my you know, that's my, it. Old, my older brother said, it's not that complicated. When we were growing up, it was I think this happens very often where people sort of put in their mind that they're not a thing. And so people will often say, like, oh, I'm not handy. I'm not good with that kind of stuff. Oh, you're already defeating yourself. You're right. and, and, and that's the thing that people would say even even in my family. And it was just most of that is due to the fact that, look, like, yes, maybe there are, you know, someone might be uh, more naturally the way their mind works, the way they see things. Um, like, this stuff makes sense to me because, you know, my background is engineering and math. And, like, I see shapes. Yeah, shapes yeah. Shapes have always made sense to me. I built Legos as a kid. Everybody's not going to be that way, but you, you know, as my brother, they could be that way if they, they try. could be. Well, but, uh, look, my brother got married. He had kids and he quickly found himself in these situations where he's going, geez, like if I need work done around the house, I can't afford to pay somebody to come do it every time. So he, he was forced into this situation where he had to start learning all these things. And now he does everything and he loves it. And yeah. the last time I was home, we were working at his shop and oh yeah uh, you guys are putting in that countertop I putting saw. in that yeah, yeah that, that that's desk. professional countertop man you build not, a, build, the whole front countertop for their store and and uh you know we did that together and it's awesome to do stuff together and but i yeah you can i do it sometimes i'm like ah, i'm not that good at that kind of stuff and then i have to catch myself and go whoa 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 that just means you haven't tried it you haven't done it enough mm-hmm. you haven't really been curious or interested enough in it doesn't mean you have to be a pro Right. You know? Right. You asked me about the tiling. It's the same concept. How'd you get good at the tiling? I didn't, I mean, it's not like I woke up and had a tile in my hand. You know? It's like I just started doing it. Try it. You know, I had something I had. To, I wanted to do it, and I, and I didn't, you know, I, and, uh, you know, did I screw up on some things? Sure, yeah. But, you know, you learn. You get, I got a book from Home Depot. I learned all that tech. You know, you just read a book, whatever, you know, and you just learn how to do it. You know? Yeah, look at these bookshelves. I build these bookshelves. There's six holes in the wall. That I have to spackle now because well, that's that's because you didn't understand. Well, we kind of went over how to find a stud, so maybe you can apply that concept to that, or we, maybe I could do it before you know before I leave here. But whatever, I mean, you, you'll figure it out. But so no, I, I, I mean, I mean it's there example. somewhere. That's it's an, there. That's an, that's an example of it's not always going to be perfect. Like, look, I mean, one, two, three, four. There's like ten failed attempts at securing this thing into the wall. Finally got it right, and now I'm going to have to spackle these these holes, and I think that could stress people out maybe and they think like oh god i have holes well it took you that that amount of times of not finding a hole to find the hole so it's just the concept of what we've been talking about like it's not failure it's what you had to do to figure it out for yourself right everybody learns differently you know like 
you know, people learn differently. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, you know, so if you have to do 10 times you have to do 10 times, what's the big, at the end of the day, you still learned it. Who cares? Right. What's the big deal? The result was the same. You know, it's the same result. You know, you had the time to do it and it's like, whatever, you know? So what do we got for time here? Uh, I think we're at about an hour and a half here. All right. Well, probably have to cut this a little bit, eh? But uh, no, it's <laughs> okay. yeah, no. It's, we could talk forever. We could talk forever. So all right, all right, Greg. Well, hey, I, pre- I appreciate this is uh, you know, our final uh, the final Bradley Basics podcast. I appreciate you taking the time, like I always, uh, and I appreciate you being involved with this process and um, doing all the editing and stuff like that. And you're doing a great job. Glad so. to be a part of it. Thanks for having me, man. All right, buddy. Love you, bro. Love you too. Take care. Take care, man.